comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Welcome to the DC TV podcast, episode 11. And uh, my, what a great week for DC TV it was. Uh, this week we'll be talking about uh, Constantine, the Rage of Caliban. Lots of creepy little possessed kids running wild and killing people. Uh, and then, of course, the epic crossover this weekend, The Flash uh, with Flash versus Arrow. And The Arrow with uh, The Brave and The Bold. Uh, the two teams crossing over and probably one of the best ways possible, I thought. I just thought it was incredible. And I, spoilers, I really, really liked it a lot. Uh, joining me on this journey once again are, are my compatriots on this podcast and on this journey on DCTV. We have uh, Rich the Chub Toad himself, uh, Shelvin. Howdy. And uh, the the man, the, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, to know him is to love him, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Hello. Rather than, rather than refer to ourselves as podcasters or the DCTV podcast tonight, can we refer to ourselves as the brave and the bold? Okay, so which who, who's what? I ate a whole I'm bunch of spaghetti from... in a can and cheese, so I guess I'm brave. Yeah, that, Daryl's definitely brave. the brave. Yeah. <laughs> I think Chub yeah. Toad would have to be the bold. I'll just be Ted Knight as the narrator. You know, I'll be like, meanwhile, you know, let's do those. Oh, uh, you know, the you're the you're the ad and then. Oh yeah, and then. Or and the. And the. It's brave and the. Hey, bold. you need the, you need so. those uh, uh, connecting words. You know, you need conjunctions. Yep. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Oh, it's like Pablo's dog. When I hear conjunction, I start thinking of that dog on song. I know, everybody does. It's kind of <laughs> you can't it's help not... it. You've been yeah, trained as a child. Childhood conditioning, 101. It is. You know when you know how old you are when you when you jump in. Yes, your mind goes straight to that song. Uh, also, we're going to be talking a little bit about the huge casting news we got for the Suicide Squad movie. I'm... As, you. as psyched as I was before, I'm even more psyched now, and that's hard to believe, because um, there's a lot of psych. It's a lot of psych. Yeah, I want Martin Lawrence to be in it, too. <laughs> Martin Lawrence is Amanda Waller. <laughs> Fine. That's, uh, you were his Big Mama's big, house, dude. Like, <laughs> big, big, big Mama and, and, and Bad Boys crossover, directed by Michael Bay. Whoa, 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 no. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I didn't say get the director back in this. No, big, no, 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 no. Big Mama Suicide Squad. <laughs> That'd be great. Hey, the, the, they the bad go boys movies are, are like the two, the only Michael Bay movies I truly enjoy. So. What are they? What, The Rock and what else? No, the Bad Boys movies. Oh, okay. I like plenty, just not Transformers. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. But anyway, let's talk about some stuff we did like. First of all... We had some really creepy kids this week on Constantine, uh, the Rage of Where are they? Oh, man, they were creepy. The little girl at the beginning, very creepy. Mm-hmm. 
the boy that looked like uh, Carl's uh, Carl from The Walking Dead's little brother. <laughs> yeah. Also very creepy. Not no Zed in this uh, episode. In fact, he wakes up in some girl's apartment as her boyfriend's coming up. He sure did. He's like, oh, and that's Constantine right there. It is. It definitely is. And it was kind of weird after all the flirtation we got between those two last episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. They probably did it on purpose. I think it, it, it kind of worked out. They did that, and then he wakes up in the bed, and you, bed and you think, well, did they? And then you go, no, they didn't. So I think it kind of worked out well. I just, um, I really like the opening scene of this episode. That um, Neil Marshall directed this, uh, the movie director. He did Doomsday and a bunch of other movies. That slow pan uh, over the uh, murder scene, as it were. You know, mm-hmm. the house, like everything in disarray, wall, uh, blood all along the, the, the floor, and then going up the wall and then following to where that guy is suspended in midair. Yeah. Begging for mercy from this little kid who is, like, beating him to death. Well, telekinetically, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. There were a lot of the little... It reminded me a lot of the evil little kid movies, like The Omen. Definitely. Bad Seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, those kind of movies. Um, what did you guys Children think? Children of the Corn. Yeah, Children of the Corn. Exactly. What did you guys think of this episode? Oh, it was great. Problem Child. That's another one. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I was... Um, I'm kind of curious, though. Was this episode aired out of order? It could be. Because it seems like it should have been a Halloween episode. Well, yeah, me. I mean, yeah, it did have the little kids trick-or-treating and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe after they... So, maybe because of them having to do the reshoots of the pilot and everything, they had to shuffle things around. I well, that's what I was wondering. Because I was wondering... Because not only was Zed not in it, they never made a reference to Zed, did they? No, they said that Zed... They had, like, part of the uh, part of his, like, exposition at the very beginning when he was trying to eat his yeah. breakfast. He says that Zed's off to art school. Or Zed's and you could throw that in. I mean, uh, that could be a, okay. a, a thing you throw in at any time. Right. Even if they didn't have a Zed filmed yet, you could throw that in there just to kind of make it seem like it's um you know it's in order if you wanted to well i i mean despite that i i really did enjoy the episode it just something i don't know it just something felt a little disconjointed just about the episode as a whole but i couldn't really figure it out i just i i but i did like it i like the whole creepy kid vibe of it you know children of the corn you know meets, it was a cool uh, one and done type of episode but the thing that they did do that was important is they threw in a little bit of his history mm-hmm. i was gonna say that was like my favorite part of this whole episode was harold perrineau and him in the the prison cell mm-hmm. uh, where he's telling me you, know, you have to you have to remember how it feels to be a child to save a child and they talk about his own past and his father being abusive and right. his sister and everything. And their a, connection, too. Yes, and that was a power. That was a really great scene. I just thought that was mm-hmm. really well done there. I think what might seem a little different about this is that it's pretty much Constantine on his own. Like, we've seen them pretty mm-hmm. much working as a team up until now. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he's pretty much on his own in this episode, all, you know, all by himself trying to deal with this. It, it, again, we, we see some of the, the tropes that we see in, like, extra or evil little kid movies, but... um. I don't know. I thought it worked. I thought it worked all together, and it was a good episode. I thought. Yeah, I think it did. Even even with the whole spirit thing, it wasn't even that it was a dead child, or or you know, it was when they explained it that it was a a child that he's a, he's a grown man. But I mean, he kind of was so angry. Right, like the anger it had, had consumed him so much it like caught, you know almost caused him to like astral travel out of his body to possess these kids. Yeah, um, at least that's the way I I, I kind of figured it. And he ended it with, you know, they didn't even give it a happy, happy ending where, you know, the spirit is gone and everyone is okay. No, they put it right back in the body of the guy that started it all. 
you know, the, they put it right back in his body. He's already in prison. Well, not prison, but he's already, you know, put away in a mental institution. So, well, hmm? not to I'm just did they put it back in his body? Because I thought which I mean, they did. But I thought that this was his own living spirit that he was projecting out and possessing other living with. Yeah, that's kind of what I was. I was getting. Yeah, to. he did. Like it, it yeah, was a ghost of a living guy. So yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's not that they put the spirit back in him; it's that they put him back in himself. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is, usually in these type of shows that's on network, they usually try to figure out a way to to get tie away. everything up with a bow and just right. have a nice, neat ending or whatever. And what, you would see him walking with, you know, you'd see the guy walking away feeling normal again, and the kid being happy, and you know, they try to do stories like that. But what I like with Constantine is he's not a hero that's going to be like, I'm going to find a way to fix this kid or and the, and the adult so that they don't have to suffer with this thing. That's not what Constantine does. Constantine is like, we're going to put the we need to put this thing into something that'll hold it or it'll keep jumping from kid to kid. And the only way to, and the only way to do it is we'll throw it back into the guy that's already, you know, where it came from. We'll throw it back right. at him, even though he's going to sit there and suffer with it, you know, probably forever until he dies, you know, natural death. Right. Um, well, going into watching this series, I mean, I've came to terms pretty early on that this is not going to have a whole bunch of happy endings. No. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they lived happily ever afters or anything like that. So and if anybody's watching the show to hope for that kind of thing, you're probably going to be pretty um, um, sorry that you because <laughs> it's definitely you know, it it's TV or storytelling that I like where there's a whole bunch of series of down notes and what you need to appreciate are the little victories throughout those down notes and, 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 and not look for that happy ending. And Constantine is not going to be the guy that's going to sit there being feeling bad about it. He's going to go to the pub and probably pick up another girl and uh, get over it <laughs> and deal with the whole as thing. As, as long as it's not my felicity, I'm fine with that. Well, if she was there. Put the cart before the horse, man. We're, we'll get there. We'll get to, we'll get to felicity. Calm no down. Keep your, keep your pants on. No sweatpants. <laughs> so, Constantine, Rage of Caliban. It worked for me. I'm, I'm, I'm good with yeah, it. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I, I think that the show is really getting strong by uh, each episode. I really think mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I hope that people check it out and then the show gets saved and we get a second season. Well, now, what is the story with that exactly? I mean, because I'll read one article that says they're not ordering the back and that we need to save Constantine. Then I'll read another article that says they're not ordering the back, that back episodes, but... Um, there is already an order in for next season. So which is it? The, the short version is mm-hmm. that um, the, the producer said that the network is behind the show and, one, and wants to keep the right. show. And, I mean, it's been promoting the show, and it really uh, is going to be looking at the ratings for the second half of the season to determine whether or not they come back with a second season or a summer replacement down the line. But we're, right. we're only going to get, what, uh, 13 you know, episodes, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to, in fact, they're, they're going to keep, I mean, the and, and other, unlike the rest of the shows on DC TV podcast, they're going to, uh, airing episodes of Constantine, like even the day after Christmas, there's an episode out, so. Yeah, they can't, they, they, they're smart. Yeah, though. there's no mid-season break on this, but um, what Daniel Cerrone, the, the producer, said was the best thing people can do is watch the show, word of mouth, and that, uh, you know, NBC is going to be watching very closely, not only the regular ratings, but, of course, the plus three and plus seven. 
uh, ratings uh, right. to see if you know Constantine deserves another chance. So. Plus, it started when it started late. It started late. It's in a weird time slot. They had to retool yeah. the pilot. There have been a lot of, you know, it's 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 in a very um, singular situation where it is right now. But I mean, one of the good signs is right. one of the good signs is I mentioned this last week was that NBC flew in uh, uh, Constantine and Zed Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and that was after they, they right to promote. Yeah, it. that's uh, I was going to bring that up. I was like, did anybody watch the parade? Because I thought yeah. it was kind of odd that just a couple days after they announced that they had them in that parade promoting it. You well, know, I don't, I don't think they want to have a bad relation. I always thought that from the get from the beginning that they don't want to have a bad relationship with Warner um, brothers, with Warner brothers, because there's other projects, you know, that they're going to be pushing out and they want to be in the running to get those. Like if they start being the first person, the first uh, network to cancel a D I mean, out of this bunch of shows, if they're the first ones to pull the trigger and cancel, um, that might make Warner Brothers a little bit leery in, in giving him anything else, selling him any other other properties. Something else is interesting, too. I was, I mean, I'll, I'll mention this uh, in, in the news part, though, but uh, Guillermo del Toro just turned in his script uh, for Justice League mm-hmm. Dark, which he called Dark Universe, and Constantine is like the main right. character of the script. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been no casting or you know production set or anything like that, but he has written the script. You know, it's commissioned by Warner Brothers, so... I mean, this is the kind of thing that could seed that character for, you know, a movie down the road, much the way The Flash and Arrow are seeding those characters for, for Warner Brothers and movies down the road. So so true. So uh, we, we all like this episode, and uh, we hope the show gets to continue. Yes. All right. Let's, let's move on to uh, the main course this week, shall we? The, uh, the crossover. Uh, first crossover. off, the Flash uh, side, Flash versus Arrow. Mm-hmm. Check this out. It's getting a 9.6 on IMDb right now out of 10. That's from over wow. uh, over 1,600 users. And I must agree, because this was really quite an awesome episode. The villain was a little cheesy, but it was a good way to get them pitted against each other. Oh, it was, per- it was, it was like out of a comic book. Who, Boomerang? Are you saying Boomerang was cheesy? No, I no, thought no, it no. Was the great. Chroma. I thought that the gimmick was kind of... Uh, oh, okay. Right, or Rainbow Raider, as Caitlin wanted to call it. Rainbow Raider, yeah. Um, again, another really strong episode of The Flash. Really great. Um, where to begin? Basically, uh, a villain comes to town that can incite rage mm-hmm. in uh, anyone he's able to look in the eye. Yeah. And uh, Barry's having trouble tracking him down, and Oliver shows up uh, to ask for some help on the uh, the boomerang uh, case and ends up helping him out against this crime guy. That's the short version. You're right. <laughs> the long version. Oh, and Eddie Thawne now has beef. You know what? F you. With the Ed Flash. Thawne. F you. And so does Iris now, I guess. I mean, uh, the Flash gets infected with Chroma's uh, power, but because he's the Flash, it affects him over a longer period of time. Right. So he becomes a super fast jerk. Uh, he <laughs> rips the door off a moving car and whips Eddie Thawne onto the ground in front of Iris. Sure did. Uh, turning Iris against him now. Mm-hmm. After, and I thought that was really interesting too. Though, well, I don't want to get. I'm, I'm doing everything out of order. Let's talk first about the the team up and the villain and everything like that. The lines, um, the team Flash meaning Team Arrow. Mm-hmm. How about Diggle? His his response to the Flash was. Hilarious. I like Dig- Yeah, I like Diggle's response to. There is no. Like it's no such thing as metahuman. So this is his first real metahuman that he's been introduced to. I, you know, I understand it. Why would he be so 
you know, why would he take it at face value that this guy is a meta human? Like he would, he's seen Oliver do what he does, but he's still human. You know, like he, everything he's done is, is still from a just a vigilante, a well-trained person's perspective. But to see somebody run at that speed, it'd be amazing for your first time. Well, and I'll t- I'm I'm at a loss for the uh, gentleman's name that plays Diggle, but uh, he he acted that so well because you yeah, could David see, Ramsey. yes, you could see the the wide-eyed wonderment and just total like kids seeing cotton candy for the first time or mm-hmm. something kind of, you know. And I mean, it was it was I mean, big kudos to his act. Because I was just like, wow, he really is shocked. I thought he was at first just being sarcastic, but no, he was shocked. And I mean, I don't know. He acted more freaked out than he acted more freaked out than you know, uh, wide-eyed wondered or whatever. He just like kind of was like, that's not weirding you out. He can run that. Uh, you know, he was like, right. he just kind of seemed freaked out to me more right. than like kind of amazed. Um, the one who seemed really amazed was Cisco. <laughs> he's like, he's looking all around. Um, well, Cisco um, breaks everything down into an experiment. Like it's amazing. right, right. Like, everything is amazing. But I am gonna hear that great line when they give him the boomerang. I'm gonna run some tests on this. Right, <laughs> Diggle yeah. comes from the perspective of he's a bodyguard and a, and a, and a, you know and been in the armed services. So his perspective perspective is when they meet somebody is, you know, how can I take them down if I had to. You can't take this guy down if you had like need a cold gun there, Diggle. Right. So I mean, I could I could understand you know coming from a military's perspective, someone in the military, you know, you had to deal with something like this. He is a threat. Like this, this is like wow, this is amazing that this guy could move that fast to the point where you can't even see him when he's moving. I mean, that's uh, I, I like that would throw Diggle. You know, off that really threw Diggle off. Like he was not I just thought ready. It was hilarious. It was. His reaction was hilarious. It was. It was. It was funny. It was hilarious. Because he's always so cool as a cucumber, and mm-hmm. he's just kind of losing it, losing it over it. Um, then he's a cheerleader guys... too. Then he, yeah, he became a cheer like my dude. My dude can take your dude. And you know what? It was interesting to me. I was wondering how they're going to kind of make it more of an even fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, because, I mean, obviously, you know, one is a metahuman and one is just very well trained. And let's get it out the way. Of course, this is bad. This is this is Batman and Superman. It know. is. It really oh, is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For the next two episodes, before anybody tries to say, like, what they say to themselves, oh, why are they trying to make Oliver Batman and they're trying to make Flash Superman? That is so what they're doing. They did, Like, we all know this. I don't even think they're trying to hide that. And I'm fine with it. I'm cool with I'm it. It was fun. It was and and the fact that you know they referenced Batman once in this and what did... oh no wait a minute mm-hmm. no stop about that mm-hmm. they say I rewound that twice because we had a, a listener write in about that on the Facebook they say that man not Batman yeah not ba- I don't think yeah they didn't mention Batman no they say that man they it have sounds no... like it might be and he's talking about a vigilante but he's talking about the Arrow right they don't have any permission man. they already said that like from Jump yeah, there are two cause... characters they cannot even touch like they can't even mention or touch and those right. two characters are Superman and Batman 
They can't even talk Metropolis nope. or Gotham. Nope, that's off limits. We were probably thinking about that on the news feed last week. They can't week. do any kind of reference. I no. mean, I know that they can't bring them into the. Ah, that just. Mm-mm. Come on! I think the it's closest, the same universe! But I think the closest we get is them calling it the Arrow Cave. Right. You know, right. it's like a little, that's like a little slide. And the arrow mobile, but I mean that stuff that's been but I, actually arrow. If you go back to some of the early uh, issues in the seventies of the Green Arrow, Green Lantern, that's what they had. He actually had right. he actually yeah. had an arrow mobile, and yeah. that's why it's arrow. okay. That, that, yeah. That's why they. That's do why it. it's cool. That's why they don't get uh, flack from the Batman Superman right. franchises. But I I know exactly the scene you're talking about. Wells mm-hmm. is talking about why Arrow is dangerous. Yes. And he says, <laughs> yeah. and because I, I was watching, I was like, did he say Batman? And then I read uh-huh. it in the Facebook, and I went back and rewatched it on Hulu a second time. He says, that man. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't say Batman. Yeah. There's which, no mention. No. I don't know. I been, it would have been cool. A couple of times. And I, I, I'm probably just hearing Batman because I want to hear Batman. That's right. Because <laughs> you want to. do. <laughs> but they basically have done what they basically have done, which I think is pretty cool for now. Like, it, listen, things could change next year or whatever, mm-hmm. and they could go, That's you true. can use batman but for now you can't so basically oliver is the batman of that of this continuity he is that and, and daryl is absolutely right the 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 points of view of barry and oliver especially in this episode these two episodes when they're talking to each other about what they do and how they go about doing it mm-hmm. is very much the philosophical uh, divide between Superman and Batman. So much so, you know, it, it very much so. I mean, I mean, and in as much as the movie is going to be Batman versus Superman or whatever, this was Batman versus Superman straight up, and in a more <laughs> realistic way probably than we'll see in the movie. Oh, they had a ball. I mean, with Oliver that. keeps, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it was great. Oliver keeps imp- trying to impress upon him. You know, I mean, Barry's like, I'm, I'm super fast. What can you do to me? What can you do? To I me? have he powers. Him. I have powers. Like, this, of course, you you're know. just a guy. Yeah. And he keeps yeah. impressing on him over and over that that doesn't matter. That you doesn't know, matter. if you're tactical, if you know what you're doing. I mean, and that goes. That's the exact same point that Frank Miller was making back in the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. You know, where are, are yeah when uh, Superman and Batman fight in there is that you know Batman. Or, or in this case, the arrow, you know, with the tactics and with everything going on and knowing how to fight much better than Barry does, you know, can defeat him, even though Barry has a super speed. I mean, if we want to be exact, I could see this as Superboy and and, Black, and Batman, actually. I think, I think that, I mean, Starling City and Gotham, you know, Central City and, and Metro, I mean, mm-hmm. even says in this, you know, you know, so, you know, you live in Central City. You know, I. You know, it, that's not. You know, it, it's always daylight there. You yeah, know, you I'm live thinking, in brightness. Yes, you live in the bright. You yeah. live in the light, and I'm thinking just like Metropolis. You My know, it's life always comes daytime. from tragedy. Yes, exactly. You know, and I don't know. It's just you're right, Daryl. You, you hit the nail on the head. It, it very much is Batman versus Superman ideologically. I so saw. Like I, I saw them saying like it was like they were petitioning to write Batman and Superman. If they, if they had permission, it was like you know what they got together. Both writers got together and said, "We're going to do the best Superman Batman crossover, and, and we could but, ever do, and then we're going to see what happens." And, and that's what they did. They went for it. Like I mean, they really, really went for it. Even the when we go to eventually when we move over to the next thing with the Arrow, like just the way they change it, and it looks like Gotham, and it just like the way that he talks about tragedy and you know and all the things and stuff. It's just I liked all the real little things too. Yeah, like uh, Felicity giving them her facial recognition technology. They made each other better. 
They made each yeah, team exactly. made each like, other better. It, it, that was I just thought little things like well, that. Well, and really, how much really cool Cisco and... geeked out over all the stuff that she did or had, and just the different mm-hmm. the the suit, and I could do so much with that, and just he, he was like and a he kid did. at candy store. And he did. Oh, and he, he did, did. yeah. Yes, you know, I, and really quick, you mentioned Frank Miller, not to go off on a segue, but did you hear that he's penning um, Dark Knight uh, 3, a third to the Dark Knight trilogy, or books? Yeah. I think I, up to the second one, I had enough. <laughs> uh, the second one wasn't that great, but, you know, yeah. you can I always could, hope for a Dark Knight Returns. I like the themes, and I could deal with uh, with him and Snyder writing it together. Like they wouldn't have to worry about continuity; they could just do their own, right. their own thing, and another artist to take. You know, get a, get a, get a good, cool artist to do it. I'd be cool with that. Interesting too, like when um, when Felicity shows up at Star Labs and stuff, mm-hmm. like how how down on um, the Arrow, uh, Wells and Joe are. Oh yeah, it's like like they pull they pull Barry aside. They're like, "Look, man, this is not the kind of guy you want to hit. This is, this is a yeah. vigilante. You're a hero. Batman is evil. Difference. Don't you know Batman is exactly. evil? Exactly. <laughs> now I under I understood it coming from Joe being a cop and everything. I didn't understand Wells so much, except for I was thinking maybe he's thinking of something that happens in the future involving the Arrow. Oh, of course. Maybe. Well, it could be because at the very end of this episode, like when Queen is walking out, he goes, "There's something not right about that guy." Oh, he know he saw. It. Like he 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 knows there's something up with Wells, right? Because Batman so maybe... knows crazy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. But he because he so maybe there is something in the future timeline that that you know uh, Oliver, you know, some way he reacts to Wells or whatever that mm-hmm. causes him to be you know to be uh, afraid of him or apprehensive of him now. But I mean, absolutely. Uh, that's why Joe, I mean, being a cop and everything, um, it, it was just an interesting scene, you know, and that really set, you know, starkly the the dichotomy between the two characters, you know, oh. how they how they operate and what they do. Yeah. Um, we see it later in the Arrow episode as well, when like, for instance, when he's tor- when Oliver's torturing that guy for the information about Harkness. Mm-hmm. But, um, interesting too that they're gonna um, that um, Caitlin's gonna uh, figure out the DNA. From the Canary murder? Yes. So, I mean, that that might be a pretty huge uh, plot point. Well, that show, I mean, they pretty much has solidified how closely tied these two, you know, these two shows are going to be now. You know, what I'm what I'm hoping they do, mm-hmm. and I'm, I mean, they set a precedent here, so I'm hoping maybe down the road they'll do it too, is that maybe right before, like, the end of the season or the mid-season break, they'll have a crossover and then the mid-season finale, or a crossover and then the end of the season. You know what I mean? We talked Go last ahead, episode about um, the article that Guggenheim had done where he said that he had a thing where he was saying that they were not going to do any metahumans in Arrow this season but after doing this crossover that kind of changed all of that for him and now he wants to he wants to explore more of that with arrow and i think um the way that these two episodes went i mean it really said to you we are not done like we we are (laughs) we are not finished we are gonna these two these these groups of people are going to interact with each other uh, quite a lot 
it's great television and i mean you have just like you said the batman versus superman you've got the juxtaposition of the dark and the light uh the good and the chaotic neutral if you will not quite evil because i wouldn't consider (laughs) ollie evil but he definitely is you know there's a there's chaos to his methods and just that that juxtaposition it works so well and having them do their own show episodes every, you know for two or three or four episodes is great but i think you know the occasional crossover even more than a mid and final season or season finale uh, would be great and not necessarily a total team up to where the whole team two teams get together but occasionally felicity goes to star labs every once in a while cisco you know goes and hangs out and because and felicity and, and caitlin are, are close i mean they really seem to have chemistry yeah, they kind of bonded too in this episode especially in the era episode where they have to defend the lab from harkness uh, but but we'll get to that. But no, I think you're I think you're onto something good there, Rich. I mean, we had that one episode where Felicity just showed up and, in uh, Central City, and that yeah. that was cut again. That was a nice boost to the story, and well, and, uh, you know, and stuff. And 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 the thing is, is I mean, are you? Do what the the do what your audience wants if you're getting positive numbers from it. Now I'm sure I'm well, skipping ahead. Both. But, but you yeah. you can get you can get into details later, Jim. But I'm I haven't seen it. I'm assuming that the ratings were very good for both no, of these I saw episodes. It today. I, I saw it today too. They said the it's the highest rated episode of Arrow ever, yes. and that Flash yeah. has only been gaining viewership as it's been going. Yeah, they on, said so. they bumped both shows. Both shows ratings have been bumped, and we're not even getting into the plus sevens yet. Like right. that, so we won't even get that yet. So I I really think that. You have a freaking Justice League in a minute because you have, if they keep adding like they're doing with Firestorm and, and you know, you already have uh, the Atom with Arrow and, and, you know, they start throwing in other heroes as we go and Ted Knight and like they could do their own little Justice League type of thing eventually. Well, now that was one of the things I was disappointed about in this episode was I I had thought that we were going to finally get to see something, maybe not the Adam yet, but more towards the the origin story of of that, and we didn't really get anything. No, I think I that's coming that, later. Plus, that's uh, an I arrow, not that's, that's, that's yeah, and that's an arrow, not the Flash. I mean, Paul. yeah, because next week is the net. Next, the mid-season finale for Arrow is Ra's al Ghul's storyline. Right, so, yeah. so I think and, I, I'm thinking that maybe they're gonna save the Adam stuff for the second half of. Maybe um, I just I could have sworn I read somewhere that the first time we would see the Adam would be during a crossover. So I maybe well, I'm, that, I'm I don't think that, this is the last one. I read that so. I don't think yeah, it's the yeah. last one for Well to Jim's you know, point they need to do do them more often. I think you know, in two thousand fifteen is when we're gonna see another one. Yeah, I agree. I hope I, I mean with the success they had with us, it would be Fools Not too. I think yeah. you know, I mean the ratings like Daryl said were bumped for both and it, like as I mentioned, it's the highest rated series, um episode of Arrow ever aired. Mm-hmm. So I mean for them to um you know, to, to pass on that kind of you know success, I mean, would be kind of foolish, I would think. We had a, but I mean, it's going into the season, the 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 um the break there. I mean, first of all, for for a crossover episode, 
a lot went on in here, like lasting a lot. stuff. And usually in comics, you're, I mean, if one person gets like mind controlled or whatever, and they, they have that trope of the superheroes fighting one another because you know one is mind controlled in some way, like Gorilla Grodd or whatever. You know, usually there aren't any repercussions. You know what I mean? Like at the end, everybody's like, "Oh, he was brainwashed, so but he's okay now." Blah 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 blah. In this, there are tons of repercussions. You know, Iris abandons oh, yeah. him, turns on him, mm-hmm. and erases her blog. You know, that's been you know championing task him. Forces the task force is put together by Thon. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, this has a lot of plot stuff going into the mid-season break. That you know, normally with these kind of like you know mind control stories or whatever that we see in comics, usually just get glossed over. So, right. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, that was great, especially since to me, I could almost feel myself needing to turn the page because I felt like this was a motion comic. I mean, it was so much of the comic feel and then to do what you just said, Jim, to go beyond those tropes and keep that comic feel, but have the repercussions, you know, uh, you know, Captain America's shield gets cracked and then it's fine a couple issues later. No, what happened? We want to know. And why? what What was the result of that? And that's what we're getting out of this show. We're getting both that comic book feel and th- the sense of, you know, things are at stake. You know, it, you pay a price to be a superhero. Right. Especially, and there's that thing at the end where Oliver and, and uh, Barry are talking. Oliver's like, hey, you know, you got to step away from that because guys like us don't get the girl. Yeah. And then the very... That's the only thing that's... It's the only thing that makes me go, oh, come on, don't, don't start. You that. know what, though? When he said that, I was thinking to myself, mm-hmm. okay, that sounds really cliche or whatever, but then the next scene where Iris is kind of, kind of, you know, just kind of spurns him, you know, and turns away you know, and, yeah. and and shuts him out, I mean, point proven. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I know you, you always have to have the you can't get the girl thing going on i the only thing that went against that was probably it's funny because wally was the one that kind of showed that you can't get the girl and they ran with that for a while right right and and that's a trope i i I wish that they you know comic books would get away from a little bit and even the shows that that come after them because yes that's historically been the case but I, i i i think that there's room for the guy getting the girl you I mean, can, and then you like it. In comics, it's harder because you you get the girl for a while, but then it it can get stale. It, like it, it can, you know, but it that's can. fine. You that's you get creative with the writing. I mean, does anybody else read Invincible? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he had a whole, you know, Mark's parents, a whole family, the whole deal, him and the other girl. You know, Look how that turned out. And yes, there's been problems. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's been a. And they do things but, on that book that you can't do. Like they, they just let's not forget. Uh, let's not forget the show is on the CW, so it has to have that kind right. of you got to have, have that kind of appeal. It has to have that kind of yeah. drama in it, you know. And honestly, yeah. it's not too far out of the realm of comic books. There is that kind of soap opera aspect of some of the no. storylines. I would, and I would like to kind of see Barry move on a little bit. Like too much pining gets a little gets a little tired after a while. Like I would. I would like to see him kind of move on a little bit. Yeah. Maybe date somebody else. Just date. Like, I mean, he doesn't have to be a big thing. Maybe Felicity, but, you know, she's with me now, so. Anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> did yeah. you guys notice in the little, like, title cards or whatever when they flashed a commercial that mm-hmm. on the flash they had, like, an arrow shooting through the logo? 
And then on Arrow, hey. they have like the flash lightning, like shooting through the Arrow logo. I you know, that. and I gotta watch it again. I didn't even catch that. That was so like just so subtle, but very very cool. You know, this. Oh, it's so comic. It it all goes to how comic booky the, the shows were. And you know what? Tonight. But it's in the best possible way. I mean, that used to be like oh, it yeah. used to be an insult, but now it's like this, no, it's that's not. You know? It's not an insult at all for this show. Like they, it really went into the comic booky thing, and just. Of all the times people said, well, Barry has powers and Ollie's just a man. Like, it's just, it's just, uh, I just had a ball with that with you, especially when he first had the training session. And and he's like, uh, I'm going to teach you precision. And, you know, like, you just can't run into, like, like I could just hear Batman talking to, 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 to Clark. Like, you, you just can't, you know, just run. In fact, it'd be like, you just can't fly into a situation and just not you know, well, I, look around and know your surroundings. In the original Dark Knight Returns, that scene where um, where uh, Clark comes to talk to Bruce, they're like out mm-hmm. uh, out in the daylight. I think they're they're hunt they're uh, with dogs or something, or Bruce is with his dog and uh, they're they're talking and Clark is just like, you know, I'm gonna have to, you know, I have these superpowers. They're gonna make me use them to bring you in. And he's like, you know, go right. ahead and try. And that mm-hmm. was the kind of you know stance Oliver was taking to Barry. He's like, you know, I'm. I'm more well-trained than you. I've thought this out a lot more than you. I know tactics. I know, you know, I could take you down 20 different ways before you even, you know, are able to react with your super speed, you know. Right. It was just, uh, it was cool, you know, the experience. I mean, and like you said, you know, the different teams, like we're gonna, like Diggle keeps saying, my money's on experience, you know. Mm-hmm. It was... It was... And John, it's like John Byrne, when they first did the, the, the um, they introduced Batman into it. When you get it from... Uh, Bat Superman's perspective about Batman, all they know is this guy's crazy. Like this guy's insane, and they played that up in this too. How crazy, you know? Like Oliver just like this guy's got trick arrows, like shooting arrows at his back. And yeah, but there's that whole arc here where Barry's like defending him to Doctor Wells and to Joe, and then yeah. later like questioning why he was defending him because you know That's he's torturing Clark dudes and he's like shooting mm-hmm. guys with arrows and killing them and stuff, and he's like maybe I shouldn't be defending him, you know, just that, that but whole But that's part their of this... friendship. Exactly. That's, that's their friendship, know? yeah. That goes to their friendship. Like, I don't, like, I don't believe in his methods, but I trust him. Mm-hmm. I trust the man, but I don't, but sometimes I question why I trust the man so much. But... Plus they get stuff from each other. Like, there's that whole, the, mm-hmm. that whole, um, thing where Oliver's like, you know, I, I have to trade little bits of myself, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, Barry just looks at me and he's like, I think you're full of crap. Yeah, yeah, he just like, calls him on do, his own, like, you know, self-important BS. He's just yeah, like, well, he's man. like, I lost my mother, too. Come on. He's like, my you know, mother got murdered, too. He's like, you can inspire people just as much as I can. You know I mean? Yeah. He, he, you know, as much as uh, Barry learns from, from Oliver, Oliver is taking things from uh, from Barry, too. You know? Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting give and take there. I would love that to That was see- one of my favorite scenes in dialogue, I think, in the, in the whole thing, was that moment right there. Oh, because yeah. I at first I was kind of taken aback. I, I couldn't believe Barry just you know offhandedly you know I lost my mother too like you said. But after a, after a minute I was like man that just that just makes the Flash character and Barry Allen that much stronger. And just I, I don't know just that one little interaction there made the whole crossover for me. It was cool that I mean it, instead of the crossover just being a gimmick. 
it was actually uh, import, important to the progression of both characters as they go into their mid-season finales. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, if you and if we talk a little bit at the end of the episode or whatever about what's happening next week on the Flash, that is going to be huge. And then next week on Arrow, Arrow is confronting friggin' Rachel Ghoul, so that is huge. Oh, and so. don't forget, Connor lives in Central City. Yeah. Oh, Oliver Sun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he he recognizes that woman. Oh, good to see you. Good to see you. And then uh, she calls home. That was the woman for people that watched Arrow, or if you didn't watch Arrow, that was the woman that Oliver's mother threatens, because um, she comes out that she's pregnant, and and her his mother threatens to never. And she did it. I don't think she even did it because she hated the lady. I think she did it. You learn because you learn more about the what the family is into. I think she did it to spare the kid from being involved in that whole cabal of rich, evil people. Like, it seems like as you learn more, you, you kind of get it that that's why she did it, to keep him... Like, she loves Oliver so much that she doesn't even want his child to, to be put in that life that uh, she's stuck in. I, to me, that's a bit of a stretch. To me, it was a I, selfish, I, rich woman that yo, didn't want I didn't the get white that because on the queen name. There was yeah. a scene after she did what she did. There's the camera pans to her face, and her face goes from evil mother to almost crying because she knows she will never see her grandchild again. Right? No, and and I caught that. I mean, and that's exactly but I, what but I thought. I but think, I I don't think that she did it to protect the child. I from... think she did it because she was always involved in that in that cabal of of people doing the dirt that they were doing. I think that that was totally what, why she did that. If she was that worried about her family though, and, you couldn't and get them kid, out of it. Why, why would she not push Ollie and, and Thea out? Because they were already known as the Oliver, the, the queen children. You can't, well, I'm not saying excommunicate them from the family. I'm just saying find a way for them to be out. They're rich. Send them to Europe. Doesn't matter. I You're mean, getting watched by Merlin. Was not so. You can't just just send them away. Like Merlin is in his little group. They were watching them. Like you can't yeah. switch up. You remember what the father killed himself at the end. Well, Oliver. that was to save Ollie. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. but he had to get him away from. They had to be away from um, Central I mean, not Central City, from Starland City to do all those things because being there was just too dangerous. I mean, they I were... can see where you're coming from. My whole thing, though, is um, I forget what his mother's name was. Uh, anyway, Mrs. Queen. I, <laughs> I, 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 she seemed like a, a hollow, self-serving. And they made her say like that? But then they would throw a little. But the, every time they made you just think of her as just that, they always threw something else in the in the mix to to tell you that she was more than that. She was Dude. the selfish rich person, but she also was more than that. Like there, there was more going on behind the scenes than that. I mean, Hitler liked kids too. That didn't make him interesting. I mean, she to me, I don't know. She's the embodiment of just. The evil mother type in the comics, you know. I I, I took it more than that. I don't. I didn't think she was just that though. But it was interesting though when he ran into that woman in the in the coffee shop or whatever. Mm-hmm. She said something like, "You know, I I, I started to hear about your mother passing. She yep. loved you very much." Yep, she sure did. And I would make me think if they ever call back to it. I think her mother. 
I think his mother stayed in touch with her enough just to make sure she, that this kid was okay and was sending the money and doing things. I, I think they're going to call back to that. If that is revealed, then I, I tip my cap to you. If they touch that, it, if they even yeah. touch it. I think that's the storyline that they they put on the back burner that we could touch it if we want to. I think if Oliver and I think what will happen is if Oliver and Felicity do get together and Oliver gets over his I'm supposed to be alone forever. That's when they're going to throw that baby in the mix to mess everything up. You can't have Oliver be happy. It just can't work that way. It ne- it just, it, they, they'll never let Oliver and, and Felicity have a have a cool... Because there's no fun that way. They'll never let them have a, a, a smooth... Well, and she's my Felicity, so no. Did we get the restraining orders taken care of? <laughs> All right, here's my, here's, my Felic- here's my question about Felicity this episode, okay? He um Barry runs so Barry runs so fast it causes Felicity's boss to catch on fire. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm not complaining in no. any way. Don't not get me wrong. Not but at the end of the arrow episode, he runs like just as fast running all five of those people with those different bombs, right? Mm-hmm. And none of their clothes caught on fire. None of <sighs> them are as hot as Felicity. You know what? I kinda took it as I think I think Barry got so excited to show off which was what he got called on later that I don't think he concentrated enough and, and, and thought about that. I, Cause I think he can control his aura. I think we've seen that he can kind of control his body enough. And I think that, I think that he just, when he saw Velocity and he just saw Oliver, he saw it as a, he was so wrapped up in, I could show off for my, you know, my hero. This is dude is, is somebody I look up to and Velocity and I could show off for them. And he grabbed her, and they ran off, and he just didn't—he didn't even think about it. It's and simpler than that. It's—it's it's science. I mean, when he ran those five to the bombs, they were outside where there's a low O2 percentage in the air. When he ran, runs Felicity to to Star Labs, they're going into a probably hermetically sealed doorway laboratory that has a high concentrate of clean oxygen in the air so simply the friction was hotter there not to mention felicity's hotness being factored okay, in that okay. all right we, i'm we, just we, saying look we all look the two tr- i just wrote this in the email chain today there are two truths about arrow okay <laughs> are you ready everybody loves felicity uh-huh and everybody hates laurel right <laughs> okay those are the two truths of arrow right, right? So we know we all love Felicity, dude. We love her too. Okay, exactly. So, 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 get, so stop it. The, the I, I loved all the the like I said the interactions between Team Arrow and Team mm-hmm. Flash, um, where they all where they go to a nightclub with Cisco. <laughs> he looks so out of place, he's like a little and baby. And serves her drinks. And he's like, "What's her story?" And they say at the same time, you know, you know she's my ex girlfriend. She's my sister. But he <laughs> all tries. Of her sister, and he's just like. Oh, in other words, no way. <laughs> yeah, he ch- but I like I like Cisco because he tries. He's like, hey, all they can do is tell me no. Yeah, no doubt. And yeah. this, there is that is one of my complaints though is the the uh, the whole this whole with the DJ story being forced in on us. It's I mean that scene that cutaway where she's just on the phone talking to him. Mm-hmm. It was one scene, kiss. Seemed yeah, was- so pointless to the entire episode. And it's like really, I, I was I was worried we were fixing to go down that story arc, but they yeah, but that was it, only one. That was only like, well, no, but I'm just saying is 
that that scene was pointless to me. Absolutely well, I, I don't, pointless. I think that since Roz is going to be the next, uh, what they deal with in the next episode, I, I think all of that might be dealt with, uh, especially the DJ. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't in know. In the next episode. Hopefully he won't be there that long. Not that Willa Holland's not a hottie, and I don't like mind seeing her on screen either, but she's no Felicity. But, yeah, no, it's just the whole scene. I was like, what? What? Did, why? Well, just yeah. because we, I mean, we're talking about both episodes back and forth. I was saying mm-hmm. the, the, the Arrow episode was called Brave and the Bold. It's the eighth mm-hmm. episode of the season. It is also rated at 9.6 on IMDb with over 1,000 reviews. Um, and basically in this one, it's the opposite of the other, where the Team, team Flash comes yeah. to Starling City to help... Uh, Oliver uh, tracked down Digger Harkness, a.k.a. Uh, Captain Boomerang. What is it Cisco says at the end? Up yours, Captain Boomerang, or something like that. Yeah. It's like the only time they call him that. Um, but he just he has these uh, really... Um, I, I, I have to hand it to them, because they actually took one of the most gimmicky and, and kind of silly characters I could think of mm-hmm. uh, in the DCU and made him a badass. They made him dangerous. Yes. He, he was, he was. Very much so. And... I, 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 the only time I ever really liked the character is when he was used in Suicide Squad. Yes, right. Old school John Ostrander. That's uh, right. Suicide Squad. He just seems otherwise like kind of silly and, and, and stuff, but they really sold it here. I really, I really bought that he was a threat, especially, I mean, when he takes down Argus, mm-hmm. uh, when he goes in, in, into, um, in, into Argus going after Lila. Oh yeah. Um, when, when he comes after the, when he sets him up, so he's able to break into the arrow cave and the girls have to fight against him. Um, just, I don't know, he was a credible threat, I thought. Besides Captain Cold, I have to say that, um, Boomerang's probably my second favorite, you know, villain he's faced so far from the books. I don't know, I thought he was really cool. Yeah, I like this version a lot. I just thought it took, it took something that, could, I mean... I remember, like, in the, the original incarnation of the character, he has, like, that kind of weird, you know, blue uh, uniform with the hat. Mm-hmm. Almost like a stewardess's hat or something. And this kind of uh, was kind of a jokey character. And this, I mean, this is like... He was a... They made Captain Boomerang a badass. My, I took my hat to uh, Greg Berlanti and crew. You know, they, they did the impossible. The crazy thing was, he looks so much like his... They do... They, they have a, his son in the comic, like... Um, they do um, show that his son has grown, and he also does, takes to the boomerangs and stuff. He's dressed a little bit more like his son than he is. He's a, well because his son uses a variation of his father's uh, outfit, and he has shorter hair. Like his father in the comic has the longer kind of hairstyle, and it, it, this hairstyle kind of reminds me of the son a little bit. Well, it seems like with this show that they're taking things that they don't necessarily want to use one or the other version of, and they're kind of meshing it together. I mean, even like we've mentioned it many times before about Barry and Bart, how there's a lot of Bart in this Barry. And I thought it was kind of funny. I forget which character it was that accidentally called him Bart. Yeah, yeah. And I was was wondering, is that the show creators, you know, giving us the nod that, yes, we are using some of Bart in this. Because Barry never... I think it was Roy. I think it was Roy who said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, because Barry, Bart Allen, no, he's not Barry. Because Barry was, was always a grown man when he was the Flash, so you never got that... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm taking that, take that back real quick. Was it, it, was cop? Qu- it was It was Quentin Lance. Okay. It was it was Captain Lance, because okay. uh, he said, yeah, That's I worked right, with him yep. once before. Bart Allen? And he's like, Barry Allen. Yeah, yeah. So it was Captain Lance. I'm sorry. 
Because yeah. that wide-eyed, you know, like he's he's got that young uh, sensibilities about him, you know, just new to the world. Like Barry was older. We got more of the Barry being older episodes of The Flash in the comics, I mean. So you kind of, like, you, I, I can see why they would, because they're going from a young, younger uh, perspective, that they would, you know, throw a little Wally in there or whatever, or, or, just... or Bart. I like the way they're building the character from the ground up, and they're building their own continuity from the ground up. And you know uh, I mean? and it's, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't in in many ways it doesn't follow the DC continuity at all. In some ways, in many fundamental ways, it does. Yeah, you know I'm I mean? gonna I'm gonna miss Lila though. Well, she accepted his marriage proposal, and that's when I saw the target on her forehead. Because <laughs> you know how mad it, relationships marriages don't go well in comics, especially when they. When they show or in life, yeah, but it's gonna be a few more episodes. I mean, she almost died in this one, so it'll be a few more. Yeah, it'll be a few more. Happen. But you, I just already saw the. <laughs> just I, when I saw that, I, I was I, like, I, "Oh no!" I said, "Oh no, don't kill!" I, I like them together. I like them together so much, and I'm like, "No," because she's working with Amanda Waller. No one is safe when you work with Amanda Waller. I really like the way they. Did you notice that scene? With uh, Oliver and Lila, where they like finished each other's quote yes, because they that Amanda up. Waller yes. had, had drilled into them, I and then love that. Have Amanda Waller giving that quote at the end. That was I, I that love was awesome. That. Yeah, I love that. Like it makes sense. It makes total sense that they would. It makes sense that they would like the people that they like, and it makes sense that they would be who they are. Like they, you know, like they they would gravitate towards Diggle. Diggle is the guy that still has that sense of hope and humanity about him, even though he's seen so many terrible things like she has. And she's kind of lost that. And I think he was her lifeline, just like Felicity is for um, for Oliver. It's the same way. So it's just it's just so cool to see them connect on that level. Please, Uh, please don't kill her. (laughs) Don't do it. Oh, come on. They got a baby. Don't kill them, baby don't, mama. Don't, don't kill the baby mama, please. Come on. Don't kill the baby's mama. Let her be all right. Let her be all right. Don't, don't do it. I, yeah, I just, I, again, the um, even in this episode, too, with uh, the interaction between uh, Team Flash and Team Arrow, mm-hmm. um, you know, Felicity and Caitlin, like you said earlier, kind of bonding. Yeah. Um, Cisco making the new uniform. For uh, era, well, even Cisco and Roy kind of was like, I like this kid. Yeah, Cisco's like, uh, <laughs> you know, red's so much cooler color. Am I right? <laughs> I, I could see them do an episode where he, you know, gives them some new toys too. He perfects some stuff for them, and they go out on a mission, you know, as a as a secondary story or something. Do you guys think that maybe they could, if DC allowed it, CW got behind it, and they just started building? make their own kind of justice league that doesn't have a Batman and Superman. And if I so, I mean, what characters, to, well, what characters else to add? I mean, you know, that they can touch. I mean, I'd love to see Dr. Fate. I don't, I think that'll be on the, yeah, they already have the helmet of Dr. Fate on Constantine. Yeah. Well, the, the magical, yeah. I think the magic users uh-huh. you get away from, I think you more, I think that you'll have stuff like Adam, is a is a I think will probably be on the show. Maybe mm-hmm. a blue beetle will be on the show. Yeah, I think oh, more, I'd love to have a blue beetle. That would be great. I think you're more your mid level uh, yeah. superheroes. Firestorm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, is what about Hawkman? Right. Who knows? I mean, I well, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of 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 like 
mid-level DC superheroes that would fit well into the continuity they've already right. established. You got to worry like about that budget. Yeah. Right. And then you also have to worry about that so far, every metahuman we've seen so far has gotten their powers as a result of, you know, Dr. Wells's wave. Exactly. And, and no other way, you know, so exactly. um, it would have to fit within those criteria. But I mean, like we talked about last week, they, he dropped a bunch of names of people that had died or so he said. Right. Like the uh, well, fire, uh, fire and the, the elongated man mm-hmm. and Adam Smasher and amazing man. I could see Danny. ice. I could see ice being in, in this group. Mm, that would, that would be, you know, something, something like that, up. but something along those lines or, you know, right. booster gold, maybe. You know, right. with the time travel right. aspects you have with Wells already, that yeah. you know, that might fit. And that's something they so. could do. If I if I were the CW, <clears throat> Warner Brothers, and all that, this is what I would do. I would keep the Flash and Arrow, and then I would add you know two or three other shows that are during the fall or spring season of other characters, and they occasionally all cross over, and it's a Justice League type situation. And then in the summer have some sort of made-for-TV summer movie that is like an you know hour and a half, two hours of just a Justice League-type situation. You know, that would be cool. And, I, I mean, think of the ratings, think of the marketing, the money. I mean, that would be awesome. Well, they also saw Berlanti said just this weekend, it's in the news feed, uh, that um, the Supergirl mm-hmm. series that he's um, um, developing would also be able to cross over with the Flash in the Arrow series, which is really weird and interesting when you think about Supergirl being part of the Superman canon. Right, right. And then, you know, are they actually going to be able to let, you know, him use that character in that context? I mean, when they've been so, you know, they've been so adamant so far about keeping Superman and Batman off the table here. Why would they cross it over with a Supergirl um, series? But that's But that's what he said, you know. Yeah, but maybe it's like what Daryl said earlier, you know, now that things are happening, they may change their mind. We may get, they may say, hey, you know what, <laughs> let's include a little of this and a little of that in there. You never know. Right. And if they use the actors that, that, that they're uh, rumored to be you uh, going after, I would love it. Because I, I like, I, I watch uh, Vampire Diaries. I know her from that in the originals. And she's a, she's a good actress. Uh, yeah, Claire Holt, actually. Well, I might as well go into it now, then. <laughs> so, of course, I mean, thumbs up on this crossover, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Oh, we, did, we oh. didn't even talk about Firestorm. How we, how no, yeah. Firestorm revealed at the very end. Yeah. And they asked the guy, are you cold? So do you think that him sitting there racking back and forth, you think he has the other person inside of him already? And that's the problem? <laughs> That might be. I mean, maybe he can't deal with the voices in his head or something. And he doesn't realize that it's uh, it's another person, right? He, he has, maybe he didn't figure it out because he looks off. Like he looks like he's he looks a little crazy. He looks like he's yeah. really crazy. Like he's, he's like he's hearing. He's like he's hearing something that's not there or or something like that. And um, I was still a little. Pro- I was surprised because I didn't know how they were going to show Firestorm and. Uh, I guess without the uniform that we're so used to, that's kind of how Firestone would look. He would have the, you know, his head would be all flames and mm, his head and hands. Yeah, so uh, it looked thought, pretty I, good. I thought it looked good too, you know, especially considering on a television budget. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a great, great reveal because I mean we knew it was coming. Right. It was nice to see that every every episode of the Flash so far has had a like little reveal, little stinger scene there at the end. And uh, it's, it was really cool to see that too. Um, 
We have a Facebook group called DCTV Podcast. It's pretty active. We have a lot of the news from these shows, from Constantine, Flash, The Arrow, uh, also the DC movie properties and everything else we've been getting. It's, it's a really great news feed if you're interested in keeping up on those kind of things. Plus, we have a lot of discussions. Um, we had one, uh, we've been going back and forth about who Professor Wells is on The Flash. And, of course, everybody weighed in on uh, The Flash versus Arrow and Brave and the Bold. So I'm going to read some comments real quick. Um, Carlos Carmona, it was awesome, plus Firestorm. Short to the point, Carlos. Very good. <laughs> uh, Robert Cooper, Braving the Bold. How great was that Flash episode? They did a great job on this. And, spoilers, uh, Batman is in this universe? How badass. <laughs> well, we talked about that yeah. earlier. Um, I also like that Ollie knows something is up with the Doctor. Yeah. I did, too. That was pretty sweet. Um, Sean Rogers from Down South. Uh, nothing much to say on the episode other than it was amazing. Our first glimpse of Firestorm, and I'm hoping... From this, we'll see metahumans show up on Arrow. I mean, well, I mean, if this is the kind of success they're going to have, maybe they will, like, you know, kind of rethink where they're coming from on that. Oh, he already had to, he already did. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, already right. had to say it. Yeah. Sean also said he wants to see Captain Boomerang reappear on the Flash. Oh, you know, I want to see that. Yeah, he was. Oh, I, mean, I you know agree. What? Totally. Yeah, I do too. I, he was. A, Really good villain. Really enjoyed it. And, I mean, how cool would it be? I mean, we've been teased that in the 10th episode of The Flash, we're going to see the rogues. Mm -hmm. How cool would it be to, you know, have him among the, you know, among the other rogues? It'd be oh, great. it'd be great to see that. Uh, Carlos Carmona agreed that it was great, and Emmanuel Gibson wrote in, it was awesome sauce. The best part was when they were all in the lair at the beginning, and Barry comes in with his mask off, mm -hmm. and they all look at him and look at Lila. And he goes, what, they're married? He already told her. And Diggle says, uh, no, we're not married. And I didn't tell her. <laughs> and I keep secrets for a living. And Barry just goes, oh, my bad. Yeah. I'm the Flash. <laughs> that was a great scene. I did. Oh, I got a chuckle out of that. That was, that was such a that was such a, a, a Clark Kent moment that he would think that way. Like, Doesn't, doesn't Felicity say something like, hello? Yeah. Secret, secret identity. <laughs> they even blame her for the, the arrow cave. And on the opposite side, Wells figures out that it's Oliver Queen. They he never sure does. He figures it out. On I side. figured he knew anyway. I figured he knew from the future. That's tying it back to what I was saying earlier. And then Cisco says, like, I had to narrow it down to 150 people. <laughs> I had a list. <laughs> he was on the list. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's great to have a character like like Cisco, the fan, you know, being the fanboy about everything, just kind of let the air out of some of the more. You know, serious and, and and downbeat moments. You know what I mean? And self aware too, because her when Caitlyn, even with her, and I love Caitlyn now. Like I, I really am a fan of. Yeah, I liked her before, but I'm really liking her more and more. When she was saying to Barry, you know, like you you don't want to be the cause of their breakup. Like he was, she's trying to tell you from a woman's perspective. You know, like if you want to be with this girl, this woman, you might have to do the long game, and then don't mess it. Like little things that that are great for him to have to hear because he's just not Barry. You could see Barry ever since that last episode where he beat the bully, Barry was getting a little bit too big for the britches, I think. And it was, and this kind of like him having this anger, you know, thing yeah. to him because of Chroma kind of let it all explode, you know, and he even said so in the episode, mm -hmm. you know, he, he says, you know, all, all, you know, that was Chroma, but a lot of it was stuff he had bottled up that he let out. Yeah, and, and, and the whole thing with, because we've been dealing with these people with powers that we haven't been really thinking about how really dangerous it is. Right, you know, to do this. So, 
Plus, he, um, there, there, there's one scene I wanted to mention with Cisco where he's riding in the truck with, uh, or in the van with Diggle mm-hmm. and, and Roy. And, um, he's like, I mean, if you think of like two of the most, most serious characters on the show, on the one show, and then Cisco with them, <laughs> you know, and then he's like, but at the end of his little monologue, he's like, you gotta admit, this is really cool. <laughs> yeah. And then, and Roy and Diggle just kind of smirk at each other, yeah. and they're like, yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great, great little scene. Those character scenes are what really made the show for me. Definitely. Uh, even more, even, you know, even more so than the action. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong, the action was there and enjoyable, but, I mean, I really enjoyed the character stuff. Yeah, there was no lull in these episodes where I was like, ugh, can they get on with it already? There was none of that. I was loving it. Well, let's segue real quick just from that right into the news feed. Mm-hmm. Then. Like I said, um, Arrow got its highest rating ever mm-hmm. from uh, the, the Flash crossover, and that's not counting the plus three and plus seven, obviously, because as we recorded, it just aired last night. Uh, the Flash has been slowly gaining uh, ratings as it's been going along, and Constantine actually had a small jump, but not not much in uh, last episode, last week's episode. Um, not enough to you know to really you know, sell it for the second season so far. But like I said, NBC's looking at it. We'll see what happens. Um, we got uh, confirmation this week that AMC is ordering a pilot for Preacher. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I'm so by... excited! So excited. If they do this right, this could be incredible. It's one of my favorite graphic novel series of all time, being developed by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, um, which is you know an interesting pairing for that. But I guess Rogen is a big fan of the of the book, and yeah, uh, that's what I heard. I don't know. I mean, considering the success they've had with The Walking Dead, I could see why AMC would would bite on this immediately. Right. Just just don't just don't uh, green horn it. This well, they're develop they're developing it, right. and they're not going to be writing every single script. Right. I, mean, I think with. Re- I think that the team, because of what they played with with this at the end, and I've read where they were going with it, they're not scared of religion. Because you can't do this and be scared. If you're going to be scared about religion with this, don't even do preaching. Oh, they they better be ready for the letter-writing campaigns from people like my my mother. It's going to come. There's just no way around that. But but if you're going to do preacher... Don't be scared of that because if you are, don't don't bother doing it. In my but I almost think that kind of controversy will help sell it. I think so. I think it will. You know, maybe it'll, people. I mean, people are drawn to things that are controversial. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was gonna say, who would you cast as preacher? I couldn't even begin to think. <sighs> I don't even know. Kurt Russell from 1984. <laughs> That's perfect casting. Yeah, wow, I, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> So if somebody crank up my time machine and I'll go back and get Kurt and we can do it right. Um, she was, I, I really don't know. But uh, speaking of casting, yeah, big news this week on the movie, and I said this before, I'm more excited for this movie than I am for Batman v Superman. I really am. And especially this week after we got the casting Oh, news. I'm so excited. These yeah. are all, all, these are all confirmed cast for the Suicide Squad yes. movie, okay? Will Smith as Deadshot. I'm all in. Tom Hardy is Rick Flagg. I'm all in again. Okay. Uh, Jai Courtney is Boomerang. Yes, all in again. You have Margot Robbie as uh, Harley Quinn. I can see that. She had the crazy eye in the uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Right. Cara Delevingne as Enchantress. I'm all in again. And and confirmed Jared Leto as the Joker. Yes. Yes. This is a David Ayer directed movie. Uh-huh. 
Um, the the script has David Goyer's hands on it, but he's not the only one who wrote it. Right. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I think this could this could be incredible. I'm worried about how they market it, and and I love Will Smith. He's one of my all time favorite actors, but when it comes to big blockbuster movies and things like that, they overhype him and everything else goes into the shadows. And I don't know. I could just see them marketing this into a failure. You know, I, you know what? I, I kind of think, I think that Will Smith is still kind of stung by the fact he didn't take the role in Django Unchained. Mm -hmm. That would have won him an Oscar. And wants yeah. to do something edgy and to show that he's not just, you know, Will And he's Smith doing another movie. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but I saw the trailer for it. It looks incredible. He's playing um, a criminal con artist. And like, so I, I think he wants to kind of get away from, I think he does realize being, doing that same likable guy every movie, you know, right. is not, not always the best thing to do. Like, so I think that he wants to, he wanted to play this part, like they, it's like he went after this. He really, he didn't have to do this, and he wanted to play Deadshot. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting it on his shoulders. I'm just saying, you know how these marketing departments are. You, they, they go and they'll sometimes they'll spend twice as much as the, of the budget of the film just in marketing materials and crap like that. Just they go insane with it, and it seems like, I mean. There's been several Will Smith movies where he's the not he is one of the main characters, but he's not the only main character. But they market the entire movie around him, and well, oh, there's a lot of people that just get turned off to that because he's had some duds lately. Well, I think they're, they're looking, and they're even. I'm reading the the press release right now. They're looking at this as more of an Ocean's Eleven type right. deal, like an ensemble cast. I mean, you look at Ocean's good, Eleven, good. yeah, you've got Brad Pitt and you've got George Clooney and all those, but it's an ensemble. And that's the, the way they're looking at this movie, too. I mean, Jared Leto is an Oscar winner. You know, Tom Hardy has been is not only you know been in some really big movies, but is about to be in the Mad Max uh, relaunch. Mm -hmm. And now, and then this right after. Listen, even, this movie, even, a fa even something that's considered a failure, you look at the After Earth, for example, $130 million to make, it still made 243 back. Like even even something that's considered a social failure, a terrible movie, still. David Ayer is a real director right. too. I think what they're trying to right. do, they're trying to go back to the original playbook that got them Christopher Nolan is to find a good quality mm -hmm. director, good. Uh, you know, and 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 good actors and and you know find uh, find a vehicle for them. And I think. I don't know. Like I said, this excites me more than the Batman v Superman movie, and I'll go see both, obviously. But I mean, I, I like David Ayer as a director better than I do Zack Snyder, and I I, hesitate I agree to say that because I uh, know I agree. You know, with I love you. and um, I, I I just saw Fury about a week ago, and that was, I really enjoyed that a lot. And this won't um, be geared for like this. Uh, the one thing I would worry about is trying to make this movie a uh, a kiddie like a family friendly movie, and these characters are not that. And I think it's more of a, a better chance of having these characters being shown in the truest of what they are, as opposed to trying to fit it in the same prism of other successful films, just because you want it, you want to try to get the Disney. I'd like to see it more of a live action version of the animated Suicide Squad. 
Well, that was a basically an Ocean's Eleven type of thing. Yeah, that was ta- yeah Task Force. That was how they, they do it. The Justice League satellite. Yeah, 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 that's how they do it. And yeah, I mean that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. This is that's what they're billing this as as, as being. I mean, I hope that that's what it's going to be because that's what it should. And this be. is I mean, a sexy like, cast. Like this is this is, it is. this is gonna. I I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this because this is it looks sexy. It looks they can have fun with it too. Like it could be a dark. You know, they can have dark comedy in it. They can they can play with certain things and have fun with it and and uh, have some great action in it and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what this director could do with that and having these other characters be a part of the the WB universe or whatever the movie universe. Who's distributing this film? Is it Fox or is it Warner Brothers? Um, it's it's Warner Brothers. Yeah, I think it is. Hmm. It's Warner Brothers themselves. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And Luther may be in it. That's the rumor. But they're not... you, you know, they're meant, they say they say in the article in Variety that uh, it's almost according to insiders, Jesse Eisenberg is in talks to play Lex Luthor in the film as well. Uh, role who will first play, of course, in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. So I could definitely see him, you know, being a I like the connective tissue between the two movies. This movie could really, like I said, it could really stand on its own. I think it kind of, it, and I hesitate to compare it to Guardians of the Galaxy, but if they have something a little more caperish, you know, a little more, um, I mean, it, not as, you know, not as humorous, a little more serious, a little with higher stakes, um, that they could have that kind of ensemble cast thing going yeah. with this. Um, and I mean, and I know I sound like a broken record on this, but if you haven't seen Batman Assault on Arkham, oh, yeah. the animated mm-hmm. feature, Greatness. that is a really good example Greatness. of a really good, well done suicide squad. It's plot. adult. Uh, and it's it's funny. Yes, it is adult as all get out, and it's. And... I hope I hope somebody sends a David Ayer a copy yeah. of that to watch while he's working on this. So you get, you get, I thought the tone of that was just perfect. It's funny it. how even in the cartoon. Deadshot looks like he could be African American a little bit. Yeah, I guess just so. a little bit. Like the way they did do the the tone of it. Like you you can't either way. It could have been either way. But it just it's funny when they say Will Smith, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, damn, it did. He did look a little like he could be that. I uh, I think I mentioned it uh, briefly earlier, but we got a, a confirmation. The tenth episode of The Flash is going to have is called Revenge mm-hmm. of the Rogues. So we're going to have at least Captain Cold, Heat Wave, and maybe right. in that one. Uh, Chub Toad, you put up an interesting article about that Super Friends might hold the key to who <laughs> Dr. Wells actually made <laughs> on the Flash. It's interesting. So you might want to check that out on the, on the Facebook group. Yeah, I did read Scary, that. It was, it was very cool. interesting. I found, a really cool, yeah. I found a really cool Constantine uh, fan film that I put up on the Facebook group recently, <laughs> oh, okay. too. So. Um, Claire Holt from Vampire Diaries is in talks. Oh, she's so hot, too. I think it would be a good choice. She's she's very charismatic yeah, too, as well as being hot. I mean, it's one. I mean, I, I mean, I'm. This is going to sound sexist, but it's not, I mean, there are a lot of really just attractive women, but definitely I'm attractive woman who is also like charismatic. Like for instance, Felicity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, not only is she really attractive, but she's also you know um, like in this character has played. Oh come yeah, on, yeah, calm down, put your pants on. <laughs> she has played her character started out as a villain. And Vampire Diaries, and you, you go from hating her from being a murdering villain to feeling sorry for her, and actually rooting for her at the end 
when she left the the show. And then that's not like that takes acting to do that. Like, uh, you know, you really have I've to. I've never watched that show. So I, I, what is she from anything else that I'd recognize? I don't remember seeing her in anything out of particular. Maybe a few lower budget movies. Maybe. I can't but not off the top of my head, the last head. major thing she was in was Originals, which was a spinoff of um, it, it's a spinoff of uh, a Vampire, Vampire Diaries. Diaries. So that was it. Oh, and one more thing before we uh, before we get to the end here: uh, Lego uh, Justice League versus Lego Bizarro League coming in February to Blu-ray, DVD, digital. Interesting. HD. I probably don't need to say anything more about that than yeah. what I just yeah. said. So. <laughs> but next week, another episode of Constantine and guys, the man in the yellow suit next yeah, week. Yeah, be a big flash. deal. We have the preview uh, clip, the, the preview trailer for that episode up on the Facebook group right now, <laughs> DC TV Podcast Facebook group, and yeah. it is awesome. Uh, he finally, it looks like Barry's going to at least finally confront the man who murdered my mom. <laughs> yeah, like that anger in his face. I was like, I fell for him. Like, yes, get him. And our our two and a half months of speculation as to who is the Reverse Flash will maybe be answered and come to it. Do you think they're gonna? Do you think they're gonna give it? Do you think they're gonna reveal it? This has the best the best two minute cliffhangers on TV right now. Like every time you you cannot just say, "All right, the show is over." You have to sit with every episode of The Flash. You have to watch the last second of it because there's always something they throw in there that's important mm-hmm. for the you know for what's going on with the show. So I, I I could see them waiting all the way till the last few seconds to reveal something that's going to make us go, oh shoot, dang, yeah, yeah, I can see it. Even if you don't tell us who it is, but just another clue, like another major clue in the who it might be to make to throw us off. Because right now, all of they've been working very hard to make us think Wells is the bad guy who was Reverse Flash. They've worked very hard for that these last, I would say, three, four episodes. They've really worked hard for that. Your opinion might change, though, once you read that article on the Super Friends connection, because I'm telling you, it's a very, very viable theory. If, if Zan and Jaina and Gleek show up, I might do <laughs> a little more time. Wonder hard. Twins, unite! Oh, no. uh, excuse me, it's Wonder Twin Powers Activate. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. Turn in your geek card, you're done. Clean out your desk. <laughs> don't take darn, that swing darn, line, darn, don't take that darn, swing darn, line darn. red slaper with you. Mm. And then next week on the Arrow, we have the mid-season finale called The Climb, which uh, is finally the confrontation between right. Oliver and Rachel Gould. I think he kills somebody else. I, I really have a feeling that he kills someone else, Raza Gould. Because they, there's a scene where he says, you're not going to kill anyone. Like he says it when he's climbing up and they're going to have that battle. You know, and when Batman is going to battle Raza Gould. Because I swear, if you didn't think about Batman in this episode, you definitely going to think about Batman in the upcoming Ra's al Ghul episode. And he says something like you he's know, yelling at him. 
about killing. Like you're not you're you're not going to kill anyone ever again. And I have a, I wonder I have a feeling he's going to wind up taking somebody else out off the show. Well, I'm also wondering now that they're you know reconsidering the whole metahuman thing. They're seeing what's working and some of the stuff from the comics. You think that there's a chance that we'll get Lazarus Pits introduced at some point? I could see it that towards the end. Like I could see if he takes this, if he kills him or you think he kills him and then somehow like the last confrontation they have of the season period, I could see him being put in the pit it's or something. It's probably not any end. weirder than Miracurial. You know what I mean? If you think about it. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean they wouldn't even have to call it a Lazarus pit, quote unquote. They could just like, you know, put his body like Daryl said into some you know and at this point I, I could see them just, just just going with it and saying it's the it's the pit. And it drives you to being crazy. So you're not you know, that's not something you're gonna do with everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, with them getting such an analog to Batman, you, you think there's a chance that we could get um, Sarah back, a la Jason Todd. Well, last uh, last week in the news feed, they said that the um, the transformation, quote unquote, of Laura Lance to the Bat- Black Canary is going to take three episodes. Mm-hmm. They're going to call it the Black Canary trilogy. So I think the I think unfortunately <laughs> we are doomed to have Laurel as our Black Canary. Not to say they can't down the line. Yeah, but, but I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. They, they can make her Black Canary, but can they make her likable? That's gonna be very difficult. Like they did, she was the least annoying this episode. But then you think about it, she was only in it for about five, two minutes. Yeah, two, two minutes, minutes, two minutes tops, dude. She walked in. She <laughs> said, "Oliver, can I talk to you for a minute?" And took him right. aside, and talked to him for two minutes, and they were done with that scene. So that was it. Exactly. So only Thea had a shorter role this month, this week. Exactly. She was standing on a corner, and then she was serving a drink. Mm-hmm. So we'll Dying. we'll see. We'll see. So until then, we talk about the mid-season finales and uh, the next uh, episode of Constantine. Um, please check us out. at um, If you have an email for us, we have an email uh, mm. account now. <laughs> Hurrah. DCTV at HHWLOD.com. Send us an email. That will be awesome. Yeah. We, are, we are finally up on the iTunes as well. So please leave us an iTunes review if you download us from there. That will be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll go to com. We have all kinds of funky and cool and wonderful podcasting goodness there for you. If you're a fan of the genre TV, and I kind of guess that you are, um, we have a show there on the Walking Dead TV show called, oddly enough, the Walking Dead TV podcast that Rich and I are both on. We have the uh, Walking the um, Ichabod Crane cast uh, about Sleepy Hollow. We also have the It's All Connected podcast, which uh, follows Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and also how it ties into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the upcoming Netflix Marvel shows. So you definitely want to stay tuned to that podcast as well. It's all available for you at hhwod.com. Uh, we have podcasts about new movies from out now with Aaron and Abe. We have coverage of comic books and, and all kinds of other fun stuff there. We're also going to be um, expanding our blogging opportunities recently. We also have uh, Grant Robinson joining us on the blogging there. And uh, we're going to be featuring a lot more uh, a lot more news a lot more blogging on the site so definitely check that out hhwlod.com so until next week guys thank you for joining me thanks had a great time your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the lord you know it ain't right to live my life this way I gotta stay up every night and feel this feet